The Holy Gospel for today comes from Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great, great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he, he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. And the seeds, other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what is sown on the rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and, proves un and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So today we direct our attention to that word that we just heard from Matthew chapter 13, is that Jesus wants one question to be answered by you this day in Matthew 13. It's this one simple question. How's your hearing? So some of you, looks like you caught that. Some of you was like, what in the world did that guy just say? that how's your hearing? That 19 times in Matthew chapter 13 do we hear that word hear? <laughs> that I think that Jesus wants us to kind of focus on something just a little bit. How's your hearing? In the midst of all of the things that call out in this life, all of the noise, all of the chaos, all of the busyness, and not just out there in this world, but right there in your head. That all of the noise and the busyness and the chaos and all of the things that draw you and attract you and take you this way and that, Jesus wants to know that are you ready to hear me? That are you listening for me? That how is your hearing in the midst of a world that calls out in so many different ways to distract you and detract you and to destroy that very peace and quiet that you may hear my words? 
See, Jesus comes and says in our reading today, let he who has ears, let him hear. I think that most people out there fit the bill today. (laughs) Today, Jesus wants us to hear. That in Matthew 13, as we heard, that Jesus found himself surrounded by those who were ready to hear, or at least supposedly ready to hear. That Jesus found himself crowded about by many people flocking to hear and to see what was going on in this very midst. As they heard about all of those promises, all of those healings, all of those miracles that were being done, they wanted to see a show. Jesus wanted them to hear a message. They wanted to see some form of entertainment. He wanted them to know truth. See, Jesus was so surrounded by sea people, so crowded in, that there as he found himself backed up on that very seashore, he had to get in a boat and cast off a little bit so that they may not end up simply crowding him out into the midst of the lake. Jesus wants them to hear. But the truth of this is that so often that is not in the crowds, not in the mix, not in all of those that somehow come crowding around, but in the very different situation that we hear. See, a youth worker by the name of Mike Iaconelli, many years ago, he said that I once had this imaginary conversation come to mind as I was hearing and reading and listening to what God was saying in His Word. That He said, I almost had this very vision of this conversation of me and Jesus. That Jesus says, I don't like crowds. You don't like crowds. The crowds are the best. There's the, the excitement, the passion, the joy. I don't like crowds that just look at my ministry. Crowds came and went. Crowds came looking for something far different than what I was giving. That look at my ministry. I did my best work, not in the crowds, but with individuals. In the small times of moments with people in their midst of lives changed. But so often we find ourselves crowded about, busied, hurried, rushed, that there are so many things and so many voices and so much stuff that we are crowded out from hearing His Word. That Jesus today starts the first of seven parables is that the other six, he will all say that the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, but today he does not include any of that. That he simply launches in that there was a sower who went out to sow. Now we're not talking needle and thread here. (laughs) That we're talking sowing seed into the field. Then why does Jesus not include that this, the kingdom of heaven is like? Because this is how the kingdom of heaven begins. 
The kingdom of heaven begins when that word is planted, when that word comes in, when that word that is being cast out for all to hear finally finds its place in our life. That is when that kingdom of God is planted inside of us. But today we begin... We begin with the fact of why does God's mighty and powerful word, that word that Isaiah says in chapter 40, does not go out without effect, without accomplishing what it was to do. Then why are there so many that that word does not find its place? When we look out into this world, We live in a day and an age that the Word of God is more readily available, more prominent and more available than any other time, and yet there are so many that that Word does not find its place, does not find a response, does not find anything but being shoved and pushed away. That just like Jesus came into the midst of those crowds, and there were many, who came to shout and to jeer, and many who came to judge and be critical, and many who came to not simply to hear what he would say, but to put him back in his place. That so also today, are there many whose hearts are hardened, many whose hearts are simply crowded with the worries and concerns of money and wealth and stuff and possessions, And there are many today that are unwilling to face the suffering or the pain or the hardships of life. And so they thrust that word from them. The fact is is that God's word does not change. We change. We are always in the midst of this constant changing of circumstances and situation of life keeps on changing. A wise man once said that life comes comes at you pretty fast. If you don't stop to take a look around every once in a while, it might go by. I think that guy's name was Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah. The fact is, In the midst of this life, it's not just how is the Word of God out there not finding its place, but even in here, in our changing circumstances of life, that where is that seed of God finding that hardened path or that weedy soil or that rocky soil? Where is it that we find ourselves so in the midst of things, crowding it out, shoving it away, busy in the crowd, when Jesus wants to come and work individually in our lives? See, a guy by the name of Thomas Merton once said that every moment of every event of a person's life plants something in a person's soul. The problem is that most of these seeds are lost because we are not prepared to receive them. The love of God, however, seeks us in every situation. 
That God is the one who keeps casting the seed, keeps throwing it out, keeps bringing it into our lives. But are we prepared? Have our hearts been broken by that law that reminds us that we can't do it by ourselves? That we are not enough? Does that law remind us of all of those places we've become hardened, doing it our way, our thing, according to our plans? Is that where is it that things have become simply that old hat? That Jesus Christ died and risen again of His forgiveness, His grace, that very promise, that we think that that's simply just old hat. That when you heard today's sermon's going to be on the parable of the sower, how many thought I've heard that one? <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when the pastor's up there doing their thing, you know, yapping along about stuff, where does, where does your mind go to? Where does your mind drift? Where do your sights begin to go? Or do your eyes begin to wander in the midst of this place? See, there's a chapel in the midst of Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary that when people's minds begin to drift as the pastor preaches, is that it tells this very text. At 20 feet wide and 17 feet tall, that it imposes itself upon their very lives that it looks a little something like this. That there in the midst of things that your eye can wander in all of the different things that are there. That the birds along the path with that darkened figure is that for Satan will snap and snatch and simply continue to bite and all sorts of things trying to take away like that soldier who now walks down that path, downcast and downtrodden, for that seed of faith has been snatched before it ever found its place in his life. Or maybe that one who is knelt down on the path seeking and searching and looking for something as those seeds have fallen among the rocks, that in the midst of things, that while he is seeking and searching and looking for many things, that though that faith may snap up for a moment, that soon it is scorched and withered and goes away. And then there's that couple in all of their rich cloth and everything else, there gathered on the right side of the path, who find themselves standing in the midst of all of the weeds as they admire all of the things that God has blessed me with, right? Is that, don't worry, the license plate on their Mercedes says blessed, right? No. They find themselves so worried about all of the concerns of life, all of the fears and the worries of what wealth or riches or covetous might bring. I mean, I'm just glad that they were the ones that lived in this, you know, kind of like over-commercialized, over-indulged, over-consumeristic you know, kind of cultures. I'm glad that we don't have that problem today. That everywhere you go, that there's some sort of sign or some sort of message that's calling out, you need this. 
that your life would be complete if you just had this. That if you had a little more in the bank account, or a little bit more in the garage, or a little bit more this or that, then your life would be complete. And so again and again, the seeds of the sower begin to come into the midst of our lives, and yet it is snatched. Because we are too busy, too frazzled, too tired, too unprepared, as Thomas Merton said, to hear it. But there's something unique about this painting, something a little different. Did you notice it? As you look at that sower who there in the midst of that, that picture now looks with that fixed gaze and that very fact as he looks to any who look upon this painting that he sees that very fact. But the fact is, is that what do you see at the bottom but that sower stepping out of the frame? For Jesus is not happy to just be there abiding in these nice little Bible stories that Jesus is the one who comes to step off of the page and step off of that very sermon and to step out into your life, that Jesus comes today preaching that good news, speaking that word and asking, who you who have ears, will you hear me? Jesus, now's not really a good time. <laughs> so can you come back later? So I've kind of got this going on. That he comes today to plant seeds of faith, to bring words of hope, to bring that very promise that he is the one who brings forth in our life that very grace, that mercy, that peace, that hope, and this promise that gives us a very future to come. That we place our hope in so many different places and in so many different ways that if this would happen or if this would take place, then things would be great, right? That we place that hope in our work that somehow by our successes and our accomplishments or anything else, that then it would be enough. That if I'm a good enough worker or a good enough spouse or a good enough parent or a good enough this or that, that I put my eggs in that basket that it might prove true. See, I saw a great post this past week is that it said this, is that your child has a 0.0276% chance of playing professional sports, but your child has a 100% chance that they will one day stand before Jesus. Bring them to church. But where do we put our faith? Where do we put our trust? Where do we put our time? We put ourselves into these things that we hope will somehow fill us or feed us or somehow leave us finally with hope. That Jesus comes to bring forth something that will bring forth a seed of faith that will produce 30, 60, 
a hundredfold contentment and happiness and peace and joy, even in the midst of all of the weeds, all of the rocks, all of the problems of this life, that he took the cross, that we could have the joy, that he went to the tomb, that we this day can sing and celebrate that we have a victory. And so may he grant to you this day and every day that very peace of God that surpasses all understanding that guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.